Yeah, my mom's going to listen to this episode, dick. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Clump. Cut all that out. Sorry, Mrs. Clump. <laughs> Welcome to the Critic, everybody. My name is Chris Lump. With me, as always, is... Matt Schaefer, the meanest critic in the West. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. Uh, <laughs> you've completely derailed me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, five, not even five seconds in. Five seconds already in. off the rails. Five seconds in. I <laughs> blew that train off the rails like good old Doc Brown. <laughs> Came around these parts. Movie reference. <laughs> Movies, guys. We've all seen Back I, to the Future I part totally three. forget how to do a podcast now. <laughs> what what do we normally do? Best part of Back to the Future 3 that I didn't even realize until my last viewing like a couple weeks ago is I never realized as a kid that the barkeep says as he's like staring at his whiskey or whatever and Marty comes up and he's like, how much has he been drinking? Not a thing. He's just sat there all night looking at that glass of whiskey. Takes one sip and like keels just over. Keels over. Passed out. Keels drunk. over. Horrible. I didn't realize that as a kid, or if I did, I just thought like, "Wow, I didn't know there were drinks that could make people get drunk real quick like that." <laughs> Best thing ever. Oh boy. Okay. This week we discuss GI Joe Retaliation. Mm. Sleepwalk with me. And red lights. Before we get into that, let's get into some news here. Uh, it looks like Tron 3 has an official title, but they're not telling us what that is. They're just teasing it that they have it. The second one wasn't Tron 2. Well, yeah, it was a sequel, but it wasn't yeah. called Tron 2. It wasn't 2. called Tron, it was called Tron, Tron 2. Legacy. Yeah, Tron but Legacy. But in the whole stupid teasing of a Tron 3 title, which really who cares... They have announced that they are, in fact, remaking the Black Hole, which I am very excited about. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, For those who don't know, um, after Star Wars, Disney was looking to get some of that fat sci-fi dollar, Mm. and they made a movie called The Black Hole. It was okay. But... Now, I've never seen it. I've read the Wikipedia on it because I'm fascinated by the idea of it, but I never actually saw it. Yes, yes. But uh, it was the first movie with a PG rating or something like that. It was the first movie with a rating of its kind because it was a Disney movie, but it was dark. It was the first, if if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I'm pulling this off the complete top of my head. It was the first PG movie that Disney had made at that point. I think they'd only made G rated films. That makes sense. Um, Because it was the first Disney film that had swearing and a very very dark for its time a very dark uh plot to it i won't i won't spoil it for those who haven't seen it because it is worth seeking out and seeing right it does suffer from some poor special effects it also suffers from ernest borgnine oh nothing nothing suffers (laughs) no no the the strings to hold ernest borgnine up for the zero g (laughs) scenes are basically ropes (laughs) they're really big you can totally see the strings but this is the type of movie that I think is ripe for a remake. Everybody's remake happy right now, and this is a movie that I think would be good for a remake. Absolutely. The premise is very interesting. The storyline is pretty sound. And the only thing that it suffered for back in the day was special effects. The special effects yeah. were pretty rough. 
Yeah. So I've been excited. I was hoping they would start a, a Black Hole remake, so now I'm finally getting it. I'm excited for a Black Hole remake. Tron 3, eh. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I Tron Legacy was enough. I, I liked Tron Legacy. A lot of the complaints that people threw at it was, oh, it's the same storyline as Tron. Yeah, it's trying to get a, an audience that was born when Tron first came out. So, of course, it's going to be the same storyline yeah. as Tron. Who cares? Just on a visual standpoint, I really liked Tron Legacy. It was really pretty to look at. Uh, the soundtrack was phenomenal, done by Daft Punk. I just loved seeing young, sexy Jeff Bridges. You mean that dead-eyed monstrosity, <laughs> just that hulking I, I, Frankenstein? I think, the, I think the fact that he basically was like a reanimated corpse of a young Jeff Bridges yeah, almost made yeah. him more alluring, personally. It was, it was, he it, suffered it, from it, polar expressitis. I was about to say, it, it, it had the stink sushi. of Zemeckis I didn't all it over bad. it. It was nowhere near uh, Moms Go to Mars or whatever that Ooh. movie was. Yeah, they're all so bad. And they're <laughs> all Robert Zemeckis. So, some interesting things. Uh, it Because it was the first adult-oriented Disney Hold on, hold on movies. a second. I don't think we said who you are. Parker Lindstrom, our producer, everybody. Let's give him a hand. He's he's the, uh, so he's shut the up. grandfather so shut up. of the podcast. I'll shut the mics off. <laughs> Parker, you're so intense. We don't want our listeners to get scared. Repo Man's always intense. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was the first Disney adult-oriented mainstream film, and after the reception, it's what led Disney to create Touchstone Pictures, oh. Hollywood Pictures, and its later purchase of Miramax. Is this Miramax. Black, black Hole? This is Black Hole. Yeah. yeah, because of this. It did have a $20 million budget plus an additional six for advertising, which was at the time the most expensive picture ever wow. produced by Disney. Wow. That's hard Good. to believe. $26 million. The most wow. expensive Can movie. Can you imagine how spending what was, that much money What was Green Lantern's budget? $200 million? Yeah, something like that. The and then they the attacked movie. on additional or $60 million just for like post-CGI effects? The movie earned nearly $36 million in North America. So it did make its money back. At least. Yeah. Okay. It has gone down as one of those um, kind of like Disney cult classic type things. In Tron Legacy, if you look in, in, in the opening shot, that kid's bedroom, there is a black hole poster in uh-huh. the background. And so for me, I just got really excited. Like, oh, this means we're getting a black hole remake. And then I didn't hear anything for a while. So this is the first I've heard that we're finally getting it. So. Not, not that I want to spend half an episode talking about an <laughs> obscure Disney movie, but I think it'd be really cool, and I don't know how much they delve into this in the original. It would be really cool to have a movie that explores the craziness of like black holes and like all the weird, actual, like real-life physical stuff that happens uh, actually, when you the, get near a black hole. In the, in the movie, the black hole has very little to do with the plot at all. <laughs> it's mostly about the <laughs> they fact... Do, they do go, they like, the interact whole, with the, it, like the whole, they get near it. The, ba- the basic plot of the film is that there's a scientist who theorizes that you can travel through a black hole. Right. So he has a spaceship parked outside of a black hole, but he like stole it and all this stuff, and then it gets to be really crazy. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's yeah. awesome. Seek One, it out. One additional thing is the special effects were generally acclaimed by the press, and it did oh. win an Academy Award. Really? Best visual See? effects. Huh. And also won for best cinematography. So at the time, at 1979, the time. Really? that was oh, right. state of the art. I mean, nowadays we think, like, you should be able to hold up Ernest Borgnine using, like, CGI. But back then, 
using good old fashioned ropes, people were probably like, "Wow, how are they actually holding this?" Now, it guy was more up? like steel cabling. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Regardless, whatever they were using, I'm sure audiences. There's were a very really impressed. hilarious shot where he's like climbing down. And through a bulkhead and flips around, and you can just see the <laughs> shimmer on the strings. And you can it, see the entire set buckling. I keep, I keep looking sleep. for it on Blu-ray, and then I keep figuring, like, I don't even know if I want this anything beyond VHS, because I don't know if it, it's going to really suffer from that high frame rate. Parker's showing us. We can, you can post this or not. This was supposed to be the vinyl soundtrack release. Of the black hole, yeah, the black hole, awesome. the black hole did have a, an amazing soundtrack. Yeah? Like the music wow. to the black hole is this the shit. Was, this was the was supposed to be the vinyl, so we'll post this picture. Wow, that's ridiculous. awesome. Yeah, we'll it looks post like that the on the Facebook page. Hole. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, the, the soundtrack was amazing. So okay, I didn't think we'd get sweet. <laughs> I could totally to I enter could... the obscure Disney movie critic. I just threw that in there because I'm like, oh, this will kill five minutes. Um... <laughs> Nope, 15. I don't even know if we need to talk Screw about Ninja you, Turtles filming today. No, no I don't Let's care. move on. I don't, that's let's the, that's the to... Michael Bay one? Or... Yep, Michael Bay oh, is producing oh, it. Let's move I on, to, the, let's move on to some real news. Let's yeah. move on. Let's... Tim Burton to direct Big Eyes, starring Amy Adams and Christoph Waltz. Hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that's... that, too. It's fun to criticize Tim Burton. Yes, it made, is. He's made some good stuff. He's made, in my opinion, three good movies. Which are? Beetlejuice, okay. Batman, Ed Wood. And okay. I personally feel that two of those movies, Beetlejuice and Batman, are good for reasons that are not him. Hmm. Fair enough. Okay, moving on. Now- <laughs> I like Edward Scissorhands. It's like the most Burton-y thing ever, but I, I like think it. I think I don't like Edward Scissorhands specifically because of, like, goth kids I went to high school with who were like, well, this is yeah. the greatest movie ever because it's so dark and misunderstood like me. And I'm like, oh, God. I understand So I think that. I kind of, that and The Crow, I think I, I hated both those say, movies that's why I'll never before like the I even saw them. Yeah, that's why I'll never like The Crow. Do you also remember Pee-wee's Big Adventure? It's Tim Burton. Oh. D- uh, Your okay. argument okay. isn't Touché. valid. Touché. Okay, cool. Touché. Also... As someone, this this opinion should, like, oust me from both circles, both being musical people and, like, film people, but I really liked his uh, Sweeney Todd. I didn't see it. (laughs) I really liked it. At that point, I think I had also watched Alice in Wonderland and said, never again, Burton, never again. Uh, He also is Batman Returns, which is pretty decent. I don't know. Batman Returns is good. Batman Returns. Batman is Returns has one. Okay, there's one scene in Batman Returns where I completely clocked out, which is him playing the recording of the Penguin talking yeah. about the people of the, the city, and he takes the CD and scratches it like a vinyl record, like a <laughs> DJ. You can do that. <laughs> And that's even as a kid, I was like, "When's the last time you've listened to a CD, Chris?" Let's be honest. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, so you've forgotten that, that they could do that, that. And the one line where Batman is flying the Batmobile and he goes, "Alfred, I've locked onto the penguins," and I've lo- I lost it. I lost it at that point. It shows a picture of a penguin with a rocket pack on, and I'm like, "You know what? I don't know." <laughs> Chris, I'm pretty sure DJ Jazzy Jeff did that in a Will in an early Will Smith music video. So I'm pretty. Wh- sure. Which one was that? Which one was that? Uh, I'd like to hear. Just, I don't. I don't. I I'd honestly, like to hear you say. I honestly don't. One song. I don't even. Know other than I, I can understand. just picture DJ Jazzy Jeff like trying what? to. Spin no, no nightmare on my street. Come on, nightmare am I the only on one? My street. That's a great, <laughs> great, great, great. 
Uh, it takes me song. back to the sixth grade. <laughs> but Burton is directing a live-action film that is actually a... I don't know if it's a biopic or if it's just... Big Fish! Big Fish. That was good, too. Big it Fish. Wasn't, it wasn't amazing, but it was good. I thought Big Fish was great. Big Fish was all right. It wasn't great. It was good. I'm it sorry to interrupt okay. you. I just so was Planet of the Apes. Like, it was good. What? what no. Get. Oh, no, God. Planet of the Apes. Dude, fucking I hate like Planet, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Oh. It okay. looked cool. Like, All it right, visually looked mind. cool. You can't they do looked a... like anthropomorphized apes. Fine. Uh, but you can't do a Planet of the Apes without Charlton Heston. I'm sorry. They did have Charlton Heston in it. Yeah, but he didn't get to also say. Also, Mars Attacks. He did say damn dirty apes. Damn it, I do like Mars Attacks. It's pretty fun. Damn it. Yeah, damn it. You know what? I think this podcast has taught me that I secretly liked him. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I want to hate hate him so much. No, everybody does. Because at first you're just like, all his movies are the same freaking thing. It's so dumb. But then you think of like a couple different ones and you're like, that was good. That was good too. (laughs) Yeah, okay. You know what? I I think I secretly like Tim Burton. (laughs) It's the it's the the the, uh, the recent movies have been yeah, awful, right. and also the the ones that stand out as all the goth kids loved, like Sleepy Hollow and Ugh. The Crow and all those. It's like okay, I get it, uh, but uh, it suffers he suffers from the same thing that I think Brad Pitt suffers from, where like I grew up in the age where Brad Pitt was the heartthrob. You know, like when he first came on. Yeah, the scene. I totally so remember I when girls were just off. like, "Oh, Tim Burton's so hot." Right. No, I mean, but but I always <laughs> okay, wrote yeah. Brad Pitt off because right. he like was liked not because he was an actor, but because he was so hot. Right. But then, like, you start thinking about it, and you're like, "Oh shit, I loved him in that. I loved him yeah, in that. I loved really him." And you're good. like, yeah. "Brad Pitt's actually a really good actor." <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Damn, Damn it! it. <laughs> I want to hate Brad. Damn it! So yeah, I feel. I think of Twelve Monkeys, and then I think of Fight Club, and then I and I'm like, "Oh shoot, I really like Brad Pitt." I think the same way with Tim Burton, apparently, because this morning as I was driving to work thinking about what I was going to say about this, I was like, you know what? Fuck Tim Burton. <laughs> I can't stand everything. I know exactly what I'm going to say about it. And then you guys movie. come in with like, uh, yeah, dude, um, Mars Attacks is pretty good. And I'm like, yeah, Mars Attacks was, it was pretty funny. I mean, also, I, I really, Tom Jones running around with Danny DeVito with a ray gun. <laughs> this is the This is the pinnacle of like kids in like black webbed t-shirts and like awkward early teen like angst but nightmare nightmare before christmas is a well, really he did great not movie. direct he yeah. produced i know i know he only produced right, it but it has his burden oh it definitely has all his yeah, fingerprint all over it but he he didn't really do anything with that except put his name on it at the end I oh mean, really? really he didn't do much with he that movie with that i thought he was no. heavily involved no, I don't think so. wow yeah i remember watching surprising. some videos and stuff and it was like it's very obvious that it was more the guy that made it. That's really surprising. And then everything else was kind of like, oh, Well, wow, he is directing really a, I'm reading it here, it, it is a biopic called Big Eyes about a husband and wife, I think it's a husband and wife, who became famous in the 50s and 60s for selling paintings uh, depicting children with really big eyes. Drugs. So... I, and that's all. That's all it's really saying here, except for the fact that Amy Adams is signed on and Christoph Walsh is signed on. Sign me up. Uh, originally, me up. it was supposed to be Ryan Reynolds and Reese Witherspoon. Now that's an odder pairing, I guess. I fully support this new casting. <laughs> yeah. No, Christoph Waltz doesn't matter. Oh, he could be oh. in the new Michael Bay movie. I'd be like, sweet. Sign see me it. up. Sign me up. Yep. I love Christoph, Christoph Waltz. Sign me up. He's so amazing. Honestly, e- even movies I don't like with Amy Adams in them, I like 
her mm. in the movie. <laughs> she's in the she's in the top ten. Yeah, she's 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 she's, she's quite good. She's, she's in quite the Matt good. top ten. She, oh oh really? The Matt Schaefer oh, yeah. personal top ten. Yeah, yeah. I'm not allowed to have a top ten anymore. So uh, <laughs> sucks to be you, bro. Single life. <laughs> Am I right, Parker? Park, park, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's I'm just married. reading about Tim Burton's involvement in Rainbow. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's move on to some sadder news. Oh. Oh yeah, I know what this is. Yeah, Roger Ebert died today at 70 years old. He's making fun of films up in heaven now. Oh. Talking about how heaven Hollywood needs more sexuality in their films. <laughs> Roger Ebert was probably the first critic that i recognized by name mm-hmm. um i vaguely remember watching an episode of siskel and ebert with my dad and i don't know if you watched it on the rag or if i just remember that one time but all i remember is them reviewing nightmare on elm street four i yeah. think and i remember thinking as a kid wow that guy gets paid to watch movies i want that job yeah <laughs> So no, I was the same way, Chris. Uh, for for whatever reason, Siskel and Ebert was something that obviously I had to have been very young because when did Siskel die? Ninety nine. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, ninety nine. Okay. The show was probably done with before then, but I distinctly remember that Siskel and Ebert was one of those shows along with Duckman. Well, there was Ebert and Roper for after that. Right, Ebert and Roper. I watched that too, but I I remember Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, I, and I, remember, I remember Siskel and Ebert at the movies. Watching that when. I was very young, like late at night, because mm-hmm. it was on usually late at night, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it was on, if I remember right, it was on right before Entertainment Tonight. Back when the internet didn't exist and we had to watch TV for yeah. movie news. Like, now that I think about it, and now that he's dead and I should say nice things about him, he's probably, he and Siskel are like a big reason why I, you know, grew to love movies. Because even if I didn't know what the movies were about, I still saw clips and then they talked about them. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of movies. Yeah. I should go watch them. Why, why did you become Mickey Mouse all because of a sudden? Because I'm six-year-old Matt. Hey, Mom, let's go see movies. Oh, boy. Is God in them? No. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I do remember about Roger Ebert that I thought was very funny, I forget the director's name, but he got into a kind of a, a online battle with the writer and director of, I think, Buffalo 66? Where he said the movie was trash and garbage and terrible, and the director said, well, you're fat. And his response was, yes, I'm a very large man, but I can lose that weight, whereas you will always be the director of Buffalo 66. that sucks. That sucks. So. He definitely had some opinions that I disagreed with. Well, Um, yeah. Big one being his opinion on on video games as yes. an art form. Yes, I agree. I, I'm not even like you. You guys know I'm not like a huge video game enthusiast anymore, but that still bothers me. Um, well, he's so I, old. Well, he was yeah, he's old. old. <laughs> it's not from his generation. And I always pictured him as a pretty open minded guy in his reviews. Mm-hmm. Like he'd give movies a chance, even if it was not his cup of tea. Which is why I was always bothered by that opinion of his. Right. No, it was I, like, that, how that can you always... play certain games and not say that they're very cinematic and artful in quality. That opinion I definitely didn't like. Eber was a critic that I agreed with generally. We would, but not always. There's right. critics that I agree with much more on a general basis. But um, I always felt like he tried to understand what he was 
what he was watching. Right, yeah. There was never a time where I felt like he was just writing something off um, mm-hmm. because it was just of a certain style or came from a certain director, what have you. Right. So he will be missed. Yep. All right. Well, let's. Uh, Moving on to trailers. Now, yeah, let's move on to some trailers here. So okay. we saw a couple trailers. That we do. This first one let's talk about, which I think is funny because we wouldn't have watched this unless YouTube had posted the trailer before the trailer hey, we were going to watch. It works. It saves hey, time. Yep, there we go. Uh, a movie coming out called The Purge. The basic premise that I gathered from the trailer is that one day a year for 12 hours, all crime is legalized. And you can do whatever you want. And it's about a family kind of hunkering down in their fortress of a home. And a man comes running up to them screaming and they can see him on their monitor uh, to let him in. And their kid lets him in and then a gang of psychos tries to like break into the house. That's basically what it looks like. Uh, what did you think of this uh, this trailer, Matt? Did you say, I'm sorry, did you say who it stars? stars um, oh, no, I did not. Lena Hetty. Ethan Hawke, Edwin Hodge, and then a bunch of other people. It looks interesting. It looks like it could be pretty thrilling. Looked like there were some good thrills in the trailer. I don't quite understand the concept. I I feel like they're going to have to flesh that out a little bit if they want me to take it seriously because I don't understand how 12 hours of mayhem... The justification, by the way, given on IMDb is that given the country's overcrowded prisons dot 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 that's why this is happening which okay. i don't that doesn't really that make doesn't a whole lot of really sense really sense i was following it up until it said from the makers of paranormal activity yeah sinister i think it was sinister sinister i haven't seen sinister of you i've seen a red letter media review of sinister and it doesn't look okay, good okay well they're not always i don't know oh no they're not always right they're not always but fair d- it definitely didn't look good i had seen paranormal activity i've seen most of the paranormal activities and I don't, I don't know like how it. I feel yeah. about them doing a non-found footage film. So. Actually, I'm excited because I, I'm excited with reservations. But I think going out of that format would force be, them to yeah. be a little bit more creative. As I much feel as like I want to, activity got real stale real quick, and I didn't really like the first one that much. So, as much as I want to trash talk on paranormal activity, it. It did its job, which was scare the crap out of me, because I'm really, I really give in to those, sudden like, jumpy suddenly, things. yeah, jumpy stuff, like, honestly, that's the cheapest of scares, but oh, yeah. it also, when done well, works pretty well, so, I do mean, you? I, I do enjoy the yeah. paranormal activities. They're, they're horror movie junk food, oh, but yeah. there's nothing Definitely. there, but it's mm-hmm. still fun every once in a while to be like, hey, I'm going to scare the crap out of myself. The, the big problem with paranormal activity in me is that an online YouTube series called Marble Hornets ruined it for me, which if anyone has ever seen that, it is utterly terrifying, especially the first run or whatever have you of the first 26 episodes. I I actually watched it one night with some friends for the first time before watching Paranormal Activity because we were going to watch Paranormal Activity, and somebody was like, well, have you ever seen Marble Hornets? Dude, that shit's scary. And we watched all 26, and I was absolutely... that That's terrified me more in my adult life than pretty much any other media. I, and then I watched Paranormal Activity, and I was like, this is dumb and not scary. I, I was introduced completely by accident to Marble Hornets. I just found it one day, cruising somethingawful.com. 
wh- where it was created, or yeah. basically given. Form. And I started watching it at twelve thirty on a Friday night oh, by myself in bad. my apartment. That's bad. And I didn't have speakers on my computer at the time, so I had to use headphones. That's bad. And so I just sat in That's the dark bad. because I didn't want to. I didn't turn on lights back then because it was just I was cheap. And I'm like, I'll save money on the electric bill by never turning any <laughs> lights on. So I sat in my apartment in the dark. With headphones on, watching Marble Hornets, and it was truly the most terrifying experience of my life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the last 20 seconds are the perfect recipe for nightmares. Oh, absolutely! Like, if you wanted to tell people, Wait, well, what was really horrifying is yeah. where my apartment built, like where my apartment was located in the building. You had to walk down a very long right, hallway, I it, yeah. and it was just. I'm going to turn the corner and Slender Man's going to be there and I'm going to shit oh, myself gosh. right now. Yeah. It was so scary. A caveat to the Slender Man is that my friend Damien, you may know him from mm-hmm. Sticking in Your Ear Hole. Uh, rest, in peace, right. rest in peace. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Uh, uh, but anyway, Damien's son Jonah mm-hmm. told me that at his elementary school they play Slender, which is really? where they run away from basically slender man as he described it yeah. to me they call him slender but uh sometimes it's either one kid is slender and he chases everybody else around or sometimes everybody's running away from a invisible slender. what that's and all, really freaky and they all freak each other out with this whole that's concept really of, slender, and, of slender that's and I was awesome like, oh my gosh the guys from something awful completed what they wanted like it was sort of enough that just people like watch Marvel Hornets and it was like, well, that's scary. Now there are children who are talking about it with no knowledge of the Internet at all. Right. Jonah that's ridiculous. is not allowed on the Internet. I was about that's to say, crazy. David seems David's like a good not, enough father yeah. to not let his child that's watch crazy awesome. Marble Hornets. Yeah. Hornets. I think between, I mean, all the kids now are into Minecraft. That's the huge game mm-hmm. amongst my little ele- elementary love kids. It. Yeah. And that Enderman is there. Yes, so they based off that, of Slenderman. And they combine all this other stuff. So they've succeeded in creating a mythos. Oh my and that's God. really that's cool awesome. because the whole original idea is that he's just this guy that steals children. And it's like supposed yep. to be this like yep. American legend. That's really so I know, awesome. I know you came here to get movie news and opinions, but totally seek out a yeah. low, low, like zero budget YouTube series called Marble Hornets. It is so worth your it's time. It's very well done until they start doing more acting. That's once kind once of you where get the first, like I stopped at like twenty six episodes. The first season, yeah, is just oh, that's hard. Yeah, if it's you haven't, terrifying. if you haven't seen it and you like scary stuff, you you want to challenge yourself and watch Marble Hornets. Do it the way I did it. Yep. alone in you your wanna, basement, yeah. or in in just a room by yourself. With headphones in the dark, and good luck. <laughs> I, I would recommend that because go big or go home. If you're oh. gonna watch it, do it in the dark alone. I it's regret it way. so much because it just. I do too. It was so you terrifying. Gotta do it. it was so terrifying. So, but anyway, back to the purge. <laughs> I have no more opinions. This movie. Yeah, I think it, it looks, could be good. It could be thrilling. Yeah, I don't but know. Who don't knows? Know. You know. Uh, we also saw a trailer for World War Z, and I know <laughs> as we were watching. Sorry, I just need to get that away. Okay, moving on. We saw a trailer <laughs> for Carrie. No, no, no. No, okay. So, World War Z. This movie has been stuck in what seems to be production hell forever. Mm-hmm. Finally, it's coming out. It's based off a very popular novel written by Max Brooks mm-hmm. of the same title, World War Z. Now, you two have read the novel. I have not. Yeah. So, I'm going to give my opinion of this trailer 
strictly from a zombie Fan. movie yeah. lover, and then you guys can tell me how right or wrong I am. Kick it. It looks pretty cliche. For the most part, the whole the world is coming to an end. We have all these zombies running around. And then they actually show the zombies, and it's almost like the director of this film didn't want to do a zombie film. He wanted to make a natural disaster film and just use zombies instead. And zombies are basically like flood water. Like, they're literally flowing over things, and it looks ridiculous and stupid. Yep. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. The book, first of all, is great. Uh, you you should highly read it, Chris. recommend it. You should highly read it, Chris. You'll love it. it. It's it's one of the fastest reads I've had like in the past couple of years because it's so fun to read. One tiny thing that the movie has in common with the book is that the whole idea of the book is that how would a zombie apocalypse work realistically on a global scale? Okay. In terms of like politics and society and just and even like family systems what have you how would that actually look because uh max brooks's work before that was uh, the zombie the survival, zombie survival guide, guide yeah which is kind of a realistic look of like how would you actually prepare for a zombie apocalypse right, right. that's another do? great read yeah it's I, fun. I have that and it's it's a lot of fun to read. world war z is so much better so you really need to read it um i'll have to put it on the queue but yeah how, how would that all look and how would if if humanity would deal with this how would they what would happen what would make it go wrong and the whole idea like all good zombie fiction is that what makes things go wrong aren't really the zombies it's our reaction to it okay. etc now beyond that the movie just takes a big old dump on the book because let's let's just let's just start with the most obvious thing in the book these zombies are traditional zombies they are people that are dead and have come back to life. They don't have superpowers, super adrenaline. They're just dead, rotting corpses. That They're Romero zombies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me summarize my opinions by saying I am extremely skeptical of this movie to the point where I would r- rather bet that the, to bring in sports, that the Phillies would go undefeated. <laughs> For the wow. rest of this baseball season wow. than this movie being truly enjoyable to me. I don't know much about baseball, but I do know a lot about living near Philadelphia. You, and, <laughs> and that's not possible. Yeah, um, that's never going to happen. Yeah. So, Suffice me to say, yeah. you're not looking forward to I'm it. I'm not. I think it looks dumb. Like, laugh out loud dumb. No, so. I, I think that as well, in addition to just defaming a potentially great like it could have been a great HBO series. That's is, all. That's is, all I've heard from people saying. Like this should have been the long next short Game of, of Thrones. Yeah. So, all right, moving on. Let's talk about Carrie. So we saw the trailer for Carrie, the remake of the 1976 John Travolta movie. Oh, good. Did you pull Just that pulled that right ass. out of my head? Nice I totally didn't get it wrong nice. before. And then Parker uh, nice. told it to me, and I'm going to put it in through editing magic. Um, so, what do you think of this trailer? I thought it looked good. Have you seen the original? I have seen the original. Okay, so have I. And I'm a big fan of the original. Yeah, the original's great. One thing that makes this movie worth doing as a remake, because let's be honest, Hollywood is in full remake mode. They have been for the past five years now. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. It's probably not going to stop anytime soon unless magically the generation that was born in like 1995 becomes like film geniuses and comes up with great ideas that can market. Um, I don't see that happening. No. 
ha- having said that, you know, you got to deal with remakes that they're going to happen, and you can either go with the flow with the good ones and, and take the good with the bad. So I think this could be a good one. And a good reason for it being remade is modern special effects. Yes. Especially when you're talking about telekinesis stuff. Uh-huh. Because that's where actually CGI can really flourish when you're talking about just inanimate objects and, like, crazy huge scenes of destruction yes. and mayhem involving inanimate objects. That's where CGI does its best. Absolutely. I agree um, completely. So that could be really cool. And mm-hmm. we, we definitely see that coming to fruition in the trailer. She, like, stops a car, and there's a bunch of cool, like, X-Men Xavier type stuff. Right, right. My only fear about this is, if I remember correctly, because obviously I saw Carrie in the late 90s. Yeah. So I had already known everything about the movie mm-hmm. before I even saw it. It was just part of that cultural memory. We all knew what was coming right. with the pig's blood and stuff like that. When I talked to, I believe it was my mother, who had seen it back in the day, she said that no one knew that was coming, and that that whole scene was just complete out of nowhere. Right, because they only slightly hint at the fact that she has telekinesis, if I remember correctly. They show that she has telekinesis, but but not not full-blown what she can do until the last scene. And so, from what I was told back in the 70s, that was... A crazy. really big deal, and it was so crazy. Well, now we know. We, we like everybody. Yeah. You know, like you have not seen, like you may not have seen Carrie, and you totally know what happens right. at the end. So I want to know whether they're going to keep it true to the original movie, or if they're going to go another route. Now yeah. I've never read the book that it's based off of, so maybe the book goes a different route that the original movie didn't. So who knows? But all in all, the trailer looked phenomenal. Uh, everybody. Very well done. Involved with it, uh, Julianne Moore uh, plays the crazy mother, whom I I just I love her in just about anything she's in. Yeah, she's good. Um, Chloe Grace Moretz, she uh, was of Kickass yep, fame, Kickass, and let the right or let me or is it let me let, in let or the, let the right, let the right one, one, in. one in. I get I get them mixed up, uh, and she's she's good. So oh, no, the American version is let me in. Oh, Sorry. is the American version? Yeah, let the me Swedish in? version okay. is let the right one in. So yeah, it looks it looks good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So. Definitely. All right, let's move on to our feature presentations. Uh, we saw G.I. Joe Retaliation. Hell yeah. This is the sequel to G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Should I give the uh, IMDb plot? Oh, please. <laughs> please do, because this is great. Um, As if you need like a plot summary for a G.I. Joe movie. Anyway. <clears throat> Framed for crimes against the country. The G.I. Joe team is terminated by the president's order, and the surviving team members face off against Zartan, his accomplices, and the world leaders he has under his influence. That's a really weird... Wait, IMDb. which I, which IMDb one are you looking at? That's not the one I'm looking at. I'm looking at the... Well, what does yours say? Do yours. The Joes are not only fighting their, moral, <laughs> their mortal enemy, yours Cobra. Is yours is better already. <laughs> No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The G.I. Joes are not only fighting their mortal enemy, Cobra, they are forced to contend with the threats from within the government that jeopardize their very existence. The government-issue Joes. <laughs> you do realize that's what it stands for, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All the right. government-issue Joes. It stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, <laughs> Jonathan Thank you. Thank you. 
was about Adrian ready to give you the Balicki, people's elbow, bro. Channing Tatum, or as I'm going to start calling him, the Chatum. The Chatum, I like that. Uh, anybody else of note? Oh, Shame and the RZA. Oh yes! Oh, that's my that's my review right there. Okay. <laughs> you said Bruce Willis, right? Oh yeah, I forgot Bruce Willis yeah, is in Bruce that. Bruce Willis. He's supposed to be a surprise, but then he's in the. <laughs> he's in the trailer. <laughs> he's in the trailer. <laughs> and we're supposed to be like, oh man, he's in this movie. Yeah. All right, you, um, you go first. You go first. Okay. I feel like I'm gonna have to play the, on the defensive for this. No, no, I, <laughs> I have never, I had not seen the first GI Joe movie. Okay. Because I, did. I didn't care. Right. I didn't really like the cartoon a lot as a kid. I never got into the toys because uh, my, my producer Parker Lindstrom is giving a thumbs. Parker, down. listen, I'm very I'm, emphatic. I was not allowed to watch the cartoon as a child because my mother was very much like Matt's mom. So if I, I was allowed to watch G.I. Joe. That was like American patriotism right there. Nope, nope. Too much violence for, for hyperactive little... You understand, as a kid, I was bouncing off the walls, and my parents were like, don't give him anything that stimulates him. <laughs> but I, I just wasn't that interested in G.I. Joe. I was more interested in sci-fi stuff, so G.I. Joe just didn't interest me as a kid. It had elements of sci-fi. Yeah, but not, not as much as like... Did you see this movie? There's all kinds of sci-fi shit. Yeah, but as a Silly. kid... Jesus Christ! <laughs> So anyway, suffice it to say, I didn't care when the first one came out. And then yeah. when we announced last week that this was coming out, you acted like this is the greatest movie ever made and you cannot <laughs> wait to see it. And you were Which like, it totally wasn't, you, but I still If I remember it. correctly, I had to edit out you going like, yes! <laughs> you Why must you edit out my enthusiasm, Chris? Uh, oh, I think it was just because it was couched between us just mumbling. Oh, okay. So, so my first reaction to this... It starts out quick, and it starts out mm-hmm. dumb, but in a good way. I wrote where I, it's just—it's just, I, I, I it's just the whole movie's dumb, but in a good yeah, way. Yeah, but I mean, it just—it just hits yeah. the ground running with just hey, well, you know what you're in for. What really sets the tone is—I <laughs> I think it's like the first scene—is when the Rock, you know, the leader or whatever, the second in command of the group, Roadblock, Roadblock, goes up to a fence, and instead of using. This was pointed out to be, by the way, by Jordan Zimmerman, fellow podcaster on Ninjas vs. Podcast. Yes, yes. Instead of using wire cutters <laughs> to go through and make a hole in a fence, he has these two little handheld devices that, that like melt. superheat and the melt a hole in the fence. So, so not the most only practical waste yeah, of technology yeah. ever. In, 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 instead of nice and quiet and safe in the dark, he right. lights the fence on fire right. essentially. <laughs> Yeah, it starts. I wrote wonder, wonderfully ridiculous. The first mission they got to they got to bust into this place to steal yeah. back a nuke, which they carry just between two guys. And I'm like, R- R- okay, but they're um, super strong. Yeah, have the, you the, seen the Rock's workout regimen? <laughs> he lifts he lifts tractor tires. Yes, the Good. beginning section of this film I I thought was great. I loved it. I don't think it's a spoiler because it was in the news a lot that they had to do reshoots because they kill off Chatham very fast. Mm. Um, they do. Because now he's a legit film star and I doesn't really want to be a part well, of this I think anymore. they actually extended his role a bit. Yes, they did because he became such a legitimate right. film star. <laughs> but they kill him off very fast mm-hmm. during the whole betrayal. First, like, 15, and then The Rock becomes the the main guy. Now, where the movie lost me a little bit was it kept jumping back and forth between the Joe's storyline and Snake Eyes storyline. That is weird. Because out of out of nowhere, you're in Tokyo. Yep. And there's the Rizza in old man yeah, makeup. 
but it's still obviously the RZA. Yeah, yeah. What's what's his character's name? I that? think just Blind Master. Blind Master. Yep. Yeah. Blind RZA. Master. And this this is the my the best surprise of the movie for me because I had oh, no idea. I didn't he know was it was coming it. either. I'm and sitting I, in the theater thinking, is is that the RZA? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, it's the RZA. <laughs> like it doesn't surprise me in hindsight because of you know his love of kung fu films that he would be the blind master to snake eyes every line he has in this movie is gold because it's just him trying to act like he's asian yes yes <laughs> it is it's amazing. and it's because he's couched between two characters who don't talk so he right. is the only acting on the screen because right. snake eyes does not say <laughs> a single word he uh, just Jinx nods. Doesn't talk much. She doesn't. She barely talks. Thank you, because she wasn't a good actress. But um, no, she was no, no. One of the things I wrote here was, I wish they would stop going back to Snake Eyes' story. And then the very next line I wrote, "Take it back. This ninja fight is fucking cool." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So was... the the moment the moment that I became very bored with Snake Eyes, they break into this incredible fight no. between. The uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Uh, Storm Shadow, yeah. Where they're breaking it and, like, Storm Shadow's throwing shurikens at Snake Eyes and he's shooting them out of the air with Uzis, but yeah. somehow not shooting Storm Shadow. Like, <laughs> well, because he made sure every bullet hit us. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was, it um, was pretty cool. I had the uh, opposite reaction because far and away, Snake Eyes is the best part of the first movie. In my opinion, really, I, I have seen the first movie. I enjoyed it. I was one of the few, the proud, <laughs> the GI Joe supporter, the first GI Joe, and liked it. Uh, yeah, Snake Eyes is definitely the best part of the first movie. Like everything he does is just really right. freaking awesome. Yeah. And I, the, the this movie actually goes a decent amount in before you actually see Snake Eyes. Right. Yeah. Because at first you, well, I don't want to give that away, but yeah, you don't see him for a while in the movie. Yeah. So I was very excited when we finally got into his storyline. I did feel that the movie slowed down after a little while. Yeah, there wasn't quite as much action as but I then thought there would be. But then you have the first act was just hit the ground running. It was really nicely paced. Mm -hmm. Second act slows down. Third act, it's like, all right, everything, everything it wants. It's got to get that finish oh, The third act feels so crammed full of stuff that you're really kind of just taken aback because it's all yeah. of a sudden somebody hit it into overdrive. What I did find very funny mm -hmm. is that this movie has the same basic plot as Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Like, almost beat for beat the same plot. Yeah. Yeah. There's even like similar scenes throughout both mm -hmm. of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. That's what there I was... really are. Yeah. I... There's like a prison break. There's like a wall scaling scene. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's even the basic thing and... like their their government disavows them and they're they're acting on their own and it's a group of like three or four of them that are kind of stuck. The only thing that's different is in Ghost Protocol, all their equipment falls apart on them, and in this movie, they get all new equipment through Bruce Willis. Right, right, right. Who just that has a kitchen full of just guns. a kitchen full of guns <laughs> everywhere. I remember thinking, okay, all right, I, okay, you're retired special operative. Fine, you're gonna have a few things lying around, and then he has an entire. He could literally arsenal an entire army with the amount of guns. Uh, yeah, there was something like 
I mean, if you, I, I would be curious if somebody went through frame by frame and just counted how many firearms he had, because it would definitely, it would probably be in the triple digits. It was so many guns. I mean, Jordan Zimmerman again from uh, Ninjas vs. Podcast pointed out that it would not be a very practical kitchen. No, because there's <laughs> no the actual none like, of the drawers, like none of the utensils that he was like pulling out were like usable. They were just handles. No, my to gun. My favorite thing is he reaches in a bowl of fruit and pulls out hand grenades. And so I'm like, <laughs> you must not get a lot of like guests over <laughs> who were like oh cool he seemed Banana. like a pretty lonely figure yeah but it was still just yeah now and that brings me to my latest gripe what's that not uh, not necessarily against gi joe but against bruce willis specifically i am sick and tired of bruce willis doing the i'm an old man who can still kick ass rolls i'm on I vacation tired of it i'm, I'm on officially vacation. i've officially <laughs> i'm I mean, haunted by that line I kept expecting him to say it in this movie. Well, that's it, because he's playing the same character in, exactly. three, in in several different movies at this point. It's always the same character. Like, it was cool in Red. I liked it in Red. And then in Die Hard, it was like, all right, okay. He is you know, literally the same character as his character in Red. In this, in this movie, movie, he's the exact same like, character in Red. The same setup. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. he's an he's an ex-Special Forces, like, whatever. Super forced to retire, who is being retire, watched by the government. And he's like lives alone in a house with tons of weapons. Yeah. The same character. The exact same character. Yeah, I wrote down gun gun, gun montage is or yeah gun montage is ridiculous. <laughs> and oh, the other thing I loved about it is that towards the end, The Rock literally uses gun kata. <laughs> yes, I remember that. There is a there's a scene there's a straight the gun like, kata straight scene out of uh, equilibrium. Anyway. But yes, the the gun kata scene is absolutely gold. Yeah. Um, and then it just ends. It just ends. It, I don't know. It's pretty, like, ends, pretty it, freaking abruptly. Movie's over. So, but that's that's what I mean. You sounded like you really enjoyed this movie, and no, honestly, I, I, <laughs> there's kind of a joke between Matt and I specifically because Matt loved the first one and I give him a hard time about it. So I think what part of the reaction too was because he was like, because eh! <laughs> I he knows how much right, I hate right. he, the whole Parker idea because I am heavily invested in the GI Joe that, universe. That being said, I think really? Parker in, would... t- in terms of like the cartoon and the comic and also the greatest thing which is the warren ellis remake uh that came out a few years okay. ago it was like a cartoon but, i mean which i think is what this one ha- drew from yes. supposedly because in the warren ellis thing in the first five minutes he kills off like 80 percent of the characters that you love and you're like no and you're like and then take that childhood yeah and like and he just does a gritty awesome like thing yeah but uh but this yeah. movie isn't gritty, though. No, no, not no, at all. no. It's total. <laughs> Even though it's a lot of people pop-up. die, it's like it's, not. gritty. It's not gritty in the sense that that it looks like a GI Joe cartoon from the eighties. So right. it's not gritty, but it a lot of people are dying. That you I, expect right. stuff like that. I think you'd like this movie, Parker. It's not any less dumb than the first one. In fact, I would say it's cheesier than the first one, which is <laughs> it, yeah, it is very tough cheesy. to comprehend. But, but I like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like a cartoon. It is very I cartoonish. Guess it, I guess I might like it the way I like, still like the the original cartoon, but that's more nostalgia at this point. I like the the actual, but universe, it kind of captures some of that. The universe that that was carried on through the comics. See, this doesn't like, this doesn't feel like any like kind good. of universe. This just feels no, like it's nice. just like, like the a universe silly thing. that's carried on through the comics and, the, and some other things is actually good, like good on its own. It's right. not cheesy good or ironic good. It's good. The showing I had was very difficult to get through. Specifically because I went to, again, the Effort of Maine uh, $6 theater. I now know what this Facebook status was referring to. 
And I, when I go to the effort of Maine and I do the, when I, when I'm reviewing movies, when I'm reviewing movies, I try to sit in the back because I'm going to have my cell phone set at the lowest to, to write light with. to write yeah. write notes with. So I'm sitting in the very back. Well, the effort of Maine has a back row, and then behind the back row is a section of literally two seats. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, from the moment the trailer started. These two teenagers started making out behind me very loudly. <laughs> Lip smacking like, loudly or a groaning? Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, but was it? My, my first thought was, what the hell is that noise? And I turn around and I look and there are two teenagers just like yeah. really making, I mean really making out. I'm yeah. thinking, well, why didn't you just move? Well, at that point, I like, <laughs> I never move. When Parker can tell, Parker can attest to this. When we went to see James Bond, we went, we went to see Skyfall. There was a guy next to me talking the entire time, and I kept uh, looking at him. And he's late. he is next to me. I'm sharing an armrest with him. And Parker just tells me, "Move!" I'm like, "I can't." I have found my spot, and I shall. So remain I don't in move. It. I don't like to move. Yeah, and. It was actually a pretty full showing. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, I just picture the effort of Maine being, like, 10, 15 people tops. Like, there's no, rows. No, no. There, was, there was a fair amount of people okay. in, in. But I just figured, well, they're going to stop eventually. Like, no. If who, they started at the beginning, there is no way in hell they're stopping. They kept going. I did not did stop. Did they start at the beginning? They started at the very beginning, and they kept going Why? for the whole length of Why? the film. Just... Just go. Just that's what go I said in my fa- my like, Facebook wherever. post. My like, Facebook post was who makes out in a movie theater. There's cars. Find, a, find the backseat of a car. Like yeah. <laughs> who pays even twelve dollars is too much money to find a place to make out. No, <laughs> like I never needed to spend that kind of money when like I was a teenager. It's one thing if you go to a movie as the guy with like the idea of like. By the end of this, I'm totally gonna make. Yeah, but if they they went but in like, just like lights are out, let's understood go. Understood by both parties that we're just gonna go to a movie, not watch it, and make out the whole time. So that's just disrespectful. The whole time, the whole time was just very distracting. We were going, are they, oh, they are. They're still making. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> so, as as a public service announcement, teenagers just make out in the back seat of a car. I think it was good. It did not exceed my expectations. It met them. It was a fun, dumb movie, much like the first one. Uh, it wasn't a whole lot better than the first one for me, so there's that. I thought it was going to be a huge improvement. It was maybe a marginal one for me. Okay. Um, the first one was also just really dumb and stupid and just a ridiculous action movie that you had to take at face value. I felt like this was kind of a similar thing. If you're not doing that, you're not going to have a good time. But it was still a very enjoyable film. I will give it <coughs> 44, 44 white hairs on Riza's fake oh. Asian uh, elongated Fu Manchu, yep. I believe, uh, out of out of uh, 75. I was going to give it three out of four uh, lines from the Riza because his lines were gold. Oh, yeah. His lines were absolutely they, gold. Th- worth the price of admission. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Now, check, I, I would say if, if you're a fan of just simple, dumb action, dumb action films... Film's good. Sleepwalk With Me is a 2012 American independent comedy film written by, directed by, and starring comedian Mike Birbiglia. The film premiered at the 2012 Sundance Film Festival and won blah, 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 blah. It's basically, this is me now just saying stuff. It's basically just about a part in his life 
where based he was off dealing, a true story. Yeah, based off a true story about you know it's autobiographical about like his relationship with his ex and uh, his dealings with actually having a sleepwalking problem. Yes. Um, this is the, I first heard about this movie through a weekly podcast called This American Life, who produced the film, mm-hmm. um, when they covered his one-man show based Which off is, of this. Right. Or, I'm sorry, this is based off of the one-man show. Critiquing a comedy is very hard because comedy is so subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, it, a good comedy only has to do one thing, and that's make me laugh. Right. I did not find this movie as funny as I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. I found the one-man show, which I had listened to previously, much funnier. I have not. You you listened to it? It was presented like as in audio format? Yes. Okay, I yes. haven't. That is a common critique as well that I've heard. Like, is that for people? Because I didn't see the movie, but I right. listened to it. And they were like, if you know the story already and you know the, the bit, it's not going to be as good. Yeah, it's not as funny. Uh, the second time around in this format. That being said, I didn't think it was bad. I did enjoy the movie on a simple fact that, A, it didn't feel like an indie comedy, whereas most indie comedies feel the same. This definitely didn't have that look. No. It didn't feel like a low-budget film. Um, I did enjoy a lot of the... uh, A a lot of the cameos are various big-name comics um, that I, I thought was... It was nice to see, you know, various people. I can't in this. think of any other than uh, Christian Shaw. Well, there was Christian Shaw. There was um, his name escapes me at the moment. Mark Maron. Oh yeah, okay. Mark Maron was in Mark it. Mark yeah. Maron's in it. Um, uh, Wyatt Snack is in it. Uh, he does a he does a scene. What did you think of the of the film? No, oh, as um, I have not listened to the one man show, so I don't have that background, but. I thought it was very a very enjoyable film. I didn't really go into it necessarily. I knew it was Mike Birbiglia, but I also um, <clears throat> had some knowledge that it was a bit more dramatic. It wasn't yes. just like a slapstick, laugh em up comedy. No, it's actually um, quite depressing yeah, it's at pretty, several points. It's pretty points. serious. It's, it's still funny, but it's serious at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's very genuine to him. You can tell he really, he really wanted to paint a picture of his life yes, yes even the most hilarious person doesn't have a consistently hilarious life in fact quite the opposite right as no. it turns out that was um, my feeling is it almost felt like this movie was more about the pain of being a comic and just how right. hard it is to get into the oh, comic yeah. scene and then to stay in it um and it felt like it was more about that than his, like the sleepwalking part was more of a not a b like, story but it was almost like that didn't matter as much as... Well, he does definitely paint it as almost a symptom right, of other things right. going on in his life. Um, it's almost allegorical in a way. Now, I was impressed by the fact that he directed it, too. Like that, yeah. that I because he did a good job. I don't he think did. he's directed he's anything directed before well. this, and he did a really good job. It was very... It was directed very well. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, to, to add on to the whole idea of, like, you know... It's still a lot of the comedy is derived by some of the serious sad things. As yeah. any good mm-hmm. comic does, he he finds a way to twist it around and make it kind of funny or point out something that's absurd and makes you laugh. Right, right. So it was it was really good. Yeah. I really appreciated the way that he handled 
his his ex-girlfriend in the movie because I feel like that's something that would be really easy to mess up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he could easily paint her in a really terrible light. Yeah, and she's and painted as actually like a really cool person mm-hmm. that yeah. just I mean, I I don't I didn't have a whole lot to say about this movie, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you're looking for like a wacky funny comedy, steer away from this one. If you're looking for a little more of a serious comedy, if there can be such a thing, um, almost like a black comedy, it's it's definitely it's definitely a, a worthwhile film to watch. Yeah, if you've I actually had seen his stand up before watching this movie, and if you like his stand up, you won't necessarily like this movie because no. his stand up's pretty goofy and pretty just like light. Um, it's really funny, but it's like pretty light and just goofy kind of stories and right. slice of life sort of things. And that only really comes through when he's just talking to the camera. He yeah. pretty much narrates it, and that kind of comes through. But the content of the movie itself isn't really like his stand up no, that no. much. The context of the, the context of the movie is just a lot of like, wow, that's really depressing. Yeah, wow that 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 had to hurt. But it's not a it's not a super depressing movie. It. It has a it has a good it is a happy ending. More yeah. Or less. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, at the end, everything works out as it did in real life. So right. I think that's another big thing is the fact that it it is it is based off a true story, and that is pretty unbelievable when you think when you sit and think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh wow, he actually did all those things. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Do we have a? Uh, I'll give it a rating. I'll give it. Uh, oh man, I just realized that movie i watched that movie a week prior i think exactly a week prior to uh the louisville player like breaking his leg and having that awful bone fracture which happens to him in that movie yep and and i think they show it don't they don't they show the bone in the movie they 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 show him they show him in the er getting his leg worked on yeah yeah but he gets like a fracture where the bone sticks out. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So that's gonna be my rating. I'm gonna do ten out of uh, ten out of uh, thirteen, um, whatever they're called. I don't. I don't know medical things. When lacerations. A when it comes out of the, it comes out of the skin. Uh, well, his leg was lacerated. That was the thing. His leg was lacerated. It was. But he did break his bone. Right? No, he didn't break anything. Oh, he didn't. He just he just got his leg but torn I thought to they shreds. Could see oh no, that's right. Because they said he could have died if it would from have bleeding died. to yeah. Okay, start he, didn't over. Ac- he didn't actually break his bone. No, I'm not starting over. I'm awful. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's, we're sticking with the le- fact that I didn't remember that. What about disgusting that. leg injury? Yeah, yeah, sure. 10 out of 13 disgusting leg injury. All right, well, I'm going to go three out of four and a half flight pillows made out of pizza because that's oh, actually yeah. in the movie. Uh, moving on to our last film. I guess I should say my last film since I... <laughs> I tried. You you really didn't want to see kind this. Of. You texted me the I day before I. You actually texted me like the day before I was going to sit down, and you were like, "Maybe we should watch something else." No, <laughs> here's the thing: the movie that we're referring to, by the way, is Red Lights, a 2012 drama mystery thriller. Wait, can I do the, can I do the IMDb thing? Oh, please, please, please. Psychologist Margaret Matheson and her assistant study paranormal activity which leads them to investigate a world-renowned psychic 
who has resurfaced years after his toughest critic mysteriously passed away. Yeah, so like the first thing is that I don't really I don't I've already said in this podcast I don't like the movie Paranormal Activity. So why would I want to watch a movie about people that are studying it, right? <laughs> it just sounds so, dumb. So you texted me a day before I was going to watch this movie and <laughs> you said at me. You said, "Well, maybe we should watch Adventures of Tintin instead because <laughs> I heard that's really good." And I'm like, well, "Why don't we save that for next week?" And you're like, "I guess." <laughs> I like that that came through in the texting. <laughs> that, like, severe hesitation, like, okay. Like, I guess I could have read it as, I guess. But I honestly heard it yeah, in my head no, of that, you going, That was I correct. That was accurate. Yes. That came about because, uh, like, a half an hour before that, I was driving home with my, my roommate, Michael, and he watches, like, two, twice as many movies as I do. And I was he like, watches twice as many movies as I yeah, do. Yeah, he watches more movies than this podcast combined. <laughs> someday um, he'll. Someday we're gonna have to bring him on. Just yeah. and I just want to set a mic in front of you, like, like so, Michael. What are you watching in the last twenty four hours? And then I'm just gonna sit back. It'll That'll be fill like an hour. Ten movies. Um, but yeah, I was like riding home with him, and I was like, so have you? Have you? I got, I'm watching uh, Red Lights for the podcast. He was like, Oh God. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> and Michael, despite, you know, he's a, a movie critic, but he's a lover of movies. Yeah, so it's hard to find a movie he that he finds hates. something that he hates, I'm usually going to hate it, too. And I'm usually, I was just like, So that's oh. when you text me trying to get and out of watching it? And then I looked at the Rotten it? Tomatoes reviews, and I was just like, oh. Well, I, I sat through it. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I appreciate it. I took a bullet for the team, and it was definitely taking a bullet for the team. <laughs> Let's just get all pretexts out of there. I hated this movie. Uh, I hated everything about uh, this movie. My first note is, the beginning feels like I walked into the middle of the film. <laughs> it yeah. Just, it just starts. Basically, it stars, it stars a pretty big cast. Uh, Sigourney Weaver is in it. Robert De Niro. Sigourney Murphy. Yep. Um, one of the Olsen twins? No, not uh, the one of the, the the forgettable Olsen. The one with a little Apparently, more credibility. She but seemed, She seemed good. Well, no, she, that, that's the thing. She's the one that's more talented and more credibility, but nobody knows who she is. Right. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen. And it's basically about these two psychi- psychologists or a psychologist and a physicist or whatever. Who cares? It's stupid. <laughs> they're, they're, they're running around the country like, investigating. If, you're like, if you have like your master's or whatever in psychology, why are you just spending your life I wrote, like, I wrote that down. debunk people? I, I wrote that down. What college would spend money on this crap? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> so stupid. But basically, they are going up against De Niro, who is a world-renowned... A uh, psychic who... Played by Robert De Niro. Played by Robert De Niro, yeah. yes. One of the things I, I did think was hilarious is they showed footage from the, I guess, the 70s when he was mm-hmm. big. And I don't know if you got to this part, but they have a young-looking Robert De Niro, and it's just the worst, worst Robert De Niro impersonator I've ever seen. No, I didn't see It was awful. It was just <laughs> so terrible. Part. It was like they grabbed somebody who would have done, like, an SNL sketch about De Niro and they're like yep we'll, we'll go with that that'll uh, run with it like I don't, I don't want to go into the the plot because I don't understand the plot okay. because I thought I did until the end and then I'm like Listen, oh well that completely negates everything this about this review, plot nobody's gonna watch this movie so what happens at the end does it turn out that he's actually a psychic spoiler alert yeah Robert De Niro is not a psychic he can see he's not blind but guess who is a psychic 
the fucking physicist played by yeah, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy is a psychic. But he, <laughs> he, no, no, it's even dumber. He doesn't know he's a psychic. And what so a piece all of fucking bullshit. That's all so this bad. Stuff, so it completely. There is a scene. There is a scene where he where he breaks in. There's a and, and there's this kind of shit that makes no sense in the film. There's a scene where Cillian Murphy breaks into one of De Niro's uh, theater yeah. things. And he tries to turn on a machine that can pinpoint radio transmitted signals because he figures that a stagehand is telling him who to look for. He turns it on. Robert De Niro looks up at the balcony that he's in. And suddenly, I shit you not, everything in the auditorium starts exploding. Why? If De Niro's faking it, why is he expl- Why is everything exploding? If Cillian Murphy doesn't know he's a psychic, why is everything exploding? Oh, God. This movie was two hours that I will never get back, and I regret that so much. I'm sorry, Chris. I know. <laughs> I feel bad for the people that would have watched it and, and liked it, because I really... I Melissa gets on my case... My fiancé gets on my case when I trash talk a movie she really enjoys. She's like, I really enjoyed it. I saw some good in it. So, if you like this movie... I'm I'm sorry we have differing opinions, but I hated this movie so much. Uh, the last part that I watched was just blind Robert De Niro getting off of a plane and taking off his glasses for no yep, reason to show you show the audience is blind. That, that he's and then he puts the glasses back on. I got a kick out of that. I was like, oh, he's blind. Thank you, movie, for telling me what I probably could have guessed. Um, so. Also, Sigourney Weaver is I I don't really like her. I like it when she's not phoning something in. She's definitely phoning this one nah, in. I, I just generally, I, I like, I love her in the in Alien and Aliens, and I'm sure there's other movies. That oh, I she's like great her in, in like Galaxy Quest. Loved her in Galaxy yeah, Quest. Yeah, but a lot, I, I just a lot of times I don't like her. Like I really didn't like her in Avatar, which isn't my only problem with that movie. But yeah, and and in this movie, she was just being, she was just being a lady dick. Yeah, I I, I just despise this movie. So, if I had to give it a rating, I would give it one out of a hundred birds hitting the window for hold no on, fucking reason. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You need to. What did you give Universal Soldier um, Day Reckoning? Because that has to be worse than this movie. Um, it has to be, Chris. I watched all of that movie, and I watched like there's no way that this turned into something that was worse. Because I watched like the first half hour of this movie, uh, and it um, didn't touch the first half hour of Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. That movie was just a, that's made a, of bad. That's a toss up right there. It's it's a really it's a really bad film. <laughs> you you think this could be worse? Seriously. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to sit and think. Uh, now about I kinda that wanna one. watch it just to see. No, if that's it's possible. boring. It's boring. Yeah, but so is Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Yeah, but this is equally boring. Uh, There's something to be said too about a bad movie that then has a high production quality. You Universal I mean? like, Soldier Day of Reckoning does too. Not as high as this. This I mean, movie, I, I saw this. Uh, it's the fact still that it has a pretty. Robert De Niro in it's a good-looking it. movie. And, I mean, and in some Weaver, respects. No, I, I knew I was in trouble when I saw that the writer, the director, and the editor were the same guy, <laughs> because then I knew there was only two people that can pull that off: geniuses or guys really want to make their movie. <laughs> right. That's that's a very good point. So. That's why that's why the Star Wars prequels sucked. It was just one dude doing everything. Don't, don't who get me wasn't started. A genius. Don't get me started. So I'm not gonna get. I'm just. No, saying. I hated this movie. Do you want to do like a sequel to this podcast where we just talk about the Star Wars prequels? 
No, Red Letter <laughs> Media's already got that wrapped yeah, up. Yeah, they got that under wraps. All right, what, um, yeah, so seriously, don't don't go see this movie. Don't see this movie. See, there's so many other better films. We don't expect you to take our opinions of good movies seriously. If you hear us praise something and you're like, I still don't think I like it, whatever, fine. But seriously, if if we both hate something, and and you couldn't even make it yeah, through I it, made, I and I know difference. you, you you don't often just like, well, we're done. <laughs> I'm yeah, turning no, this baby off. I didn't I'm have a lot of time. The Here's the thing: I didn't have a whole whole lot of time this week. I would have been mad if you would have watched this yeah, movie the, and waste, like, like, oh, I, 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 instead of instead of doing something meaningful with another human being, I did this, or instead of doing something not even meaningful by myself, I. I did this instead. I yeah. was like, you fool. So that about wraps it up for us here. Uh, next episode, we're going to be reviewing for our theatrical movie, The Evil Dead Remake. Uh, and on Netflix, we'll be reviewing The Adventures of Tintin and Meeting Evil. And we're also going to throw in our two cents on what we feel about Jurassic Park 3D, since we're both going to go check that out. All right. Well, that's it for this week on uh, Enter the Critic. Uh, we would plug Ninjas vs. Podcast, but they didn't plug us, so don't listen to them. Screw them. <laughs> uh, Forget you guys! Forget you! Ninjas versus Dumbcast? Who uh, cares? Also want to thank Eric Trivio at erictrivio.com. The man, the man who didn't see... Uh, the ability to make a podcast network, but the podcast network saw an ability to make one out of his uh, stuff. If you have a web web hosting service, <laughs> they will come. They will come. Uh, also, like to thank Bobby Roberts for the use of our uh, theme song and our ending credits song. You're gonna find that on uh, geekremix.com. So, all right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Get out of my house. <laughs>